This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. 7.36 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning. So Israel's onslaught on Gaza continues with the stepping up of airstrikes and fire ahead of a looming ground invasion of Rafah, which is Gaza's southernmost city bordering Egypt. This was once described as a safe zone for Palestinians. Currently, more than 1.3 million Palestinians are seeking shelter there. Uh, what's going to happen to them is the huge concern for everyone. At the same time, multiple flash points are breaking out in the region with Yemen's Houthi rebels continuing their attacks on the Red Sea. Israel has also engaged in strikes against Hezbollah in Lebanon and Iran-linked targets in Syria, including recent attacks south of Damascus. Meanwhile, a pro-Iran militia based in Iraq has claimed responsibility for a drone attack at the end of the weekend, which killed three US troops at a base along the Jordanian border with Syria. So as world leaders, including those in the region, warn of widening and escalating tensions, what is the pathway to resolution, if there is even one? Uh, for some insights, we speak to Dr. Asif Shuja. He is the director of Geopo Consult, a geopolitics management consultancy based in Dubai. Uh, Dr. Asif, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, so we're following reports that Israel is preparing for a ground invasion of Rafah. How is this shaping the dynamics of the current conflict? in the Middle East. Okay, so this current invasion or the plan of it that Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu has announced and he is showing a lot of seriousness about it, it actually indicates the failure of diplomacy. You know, just yesterday in Egypt, in Cairo, uh, people have gathered to work out a solution and work out on the ceasefire. But the primary area of negotiation, that is the release of hostages, an agreement was not reached between the two parties, Hamas and Israel, and so the diplomacy has failed. So that is why Israel has been doing. Of course, there have been extreme oppositions from several quarters, uh, not just from the Middle East, but from the Western countries also. There have been many countries from the Western world also who have been requesting Israel not to go ahead with this because it involves uh, the risk of widening of the the conflict. But so far, seems like uh, this is the trajectory that the war will be following unless and until a uh, complete negotiation on the hostages have been reached. So, yeah, I think uh, what I can conclude on this is that pretty much tells us that the status quo is there. What has been happening since uh, many weeks, it is simply a continuation of that the same thing. There has been no breakthrough on the diplomatic front. So this is the stage we are in in this war between Israel and Hamas. As if some U.S. Republican lawmakers are calling for action to be taken against Iran, which does wield significant influence over several militia in the region. Really, what is Iran's stance and role in this escalating conflict? So a lot of the rhetoric about Iran has been the same. There has been absolutely no change on that. Now, having said that, uh, their cause of concern, major cause of concern as far as Iran is concerned, Iran does have a lot of sway in the militia, and of course, uh, proxies, they have been supporting uh, Hamas side. So, of course, Iran actually, there has been certain control over the activities of Iran. So far as their control over these proxies are concerned, it will actually solve a lot of problems. That is why uh, the demand of the Republicans uh, have been quite right, not in a sense that, uh, you know, there should be a war, but as far as Iran's control on these proxies are concerned, there has to be a way out 
to press Iran to control these proxies. But so far as war rhetoric are concerned, it has always been the same because uh, the Republicans would like to put in a lot of pressure on the Biden administration, taking a cue from the early administration of Donald Trump that he was very strict with uh, Iranians. And Mr. Biden has been quite flexible. But uh, having said that, we should not also forget that there have been messages being exchanged between uh, Iran and United States come out in the news. Uh, that means that U.S. or Biden administration has not been silent on this issue. It's been working out silently and through the diplomatic channel. Now, as far as the show of force is concerned, we all know that the United States did deploy a lot of military arsenals, military material in the region in the beginning of this conflict, and which did have a lot of impact on Iran's action in terms of preventing its uh, you know, activities in expanding the war. You're also following what's happening in oil markets, uh, Dr. Asif, with Houthi rebels continuing their attacks in the Red Sea. What's your outlook on oil supply and prices uh, should this conflict escalate? Now, as far as uh, these upheavals are there, and these disturbances in that region is there. But when we talk exclusively about oil price, linking it to this whole scenario in Red Sea, there's again, you know, one must look into the set of factors which actually influence oil price. You know, right from the exploration to oil production and then shipment and then refinery and then finally the consumption. So there are basically majorly five components. So when we talk about the disturbances in the Red Sea, we are talking one out of five components. So uh, one can understand that how much this one component will influence the oil price. That is why sometimes in the media you may have seen that uh, uh, despite the war, price has been price of oil has been pretty stable. But so far as market is concerned, uh, the trading of oil in papers is concerned, the stock market is concerned, uh, a lot of which is based on the perception of people, the buying and selling especially in future uh, market, then the sentiments are uh, very important. So the public sentiment uh, initially reacts in a way that the prices go high, uh, even if the demand of oil is not that much, uh, just because of the sentiment that there could be a scenario where there'd be a complete halt of the oil movement. Uh, so uh, this is how basically the price fluctuation happens in, in case of uh, oil. But even in that case, after some time uh, as the things stabilize. So uh, this is how it is. Uh, but in recent times, uh, we must not also forget that uh, United States has become the largest producer, net exporter as well. So it is not as much as it used to be, like the regional disturbances impacting oil price. But yes, it does. Like every other commodity, the globalized world, the disturbances that in one area does impact global prices. You know, as if it does look like the issue in Gaza might pour into other countries within this Middle East zone, but are there efforts then to stem tensions by other countries in the region? I would say that, in fact, broadly speaking, all countries are concerned about the widening of the conflict. So there are, because, you know, the scenario that we have just discussed about the impact on oil price, the problems related to the shipment, not just oil, but every other goods, you know, which is, uh, which is being shipped uh, through that uh, region. So all countries are concerned. Now, there are some countries which are more active than the others. Primarily among them, uh, we can say that Egypt is there. This yesterday, set of negotiation has been concluded. And uh, precisely also because Egypt is a neighbor of, of Israel, so it is being directly impacted. 
but also because of its uh, political you know our relationship between uh, other countries a moderately good relationship with israel as well as uh, with other arab countries qatar is another country which is being very active in this scenario and it is also uh, involved in this uh, mediation uh, T- turkey has also been come out in the open to uh, work out towards uh, this mediation Well, we have you on the line, Asif. Uh, let's turn our attention to India, where Prime Minister Narendra Modi recently concluded a visit to the Middle East. Uh, what does the signing of a trade pact with the UAE mean for the region moving forward? Okay, I think it's a very good point. So, in that context, this uh, trade uh, pact between, and not just trade pact, there are eight sets of you know MOUs that have been signed between uh, UAE and uh, and India during the recent visit of India's Prime Minister. So, as far as India's relationship with the Middle East region is concerned, UAE plays a major, a crucial, a central role. India and UAE have very good relationship. They have gone for comprehensive uh, trade, you know, comprehensive free trade agreement, which is slightly better than a normal free trade agreement. But one point that I would highlight in this visit of Modi to this uh, country, which has, uh, you know, implication is the signing of the uh, the agreement. Uh, which means that uh, there is a seriousness on India's part to get this project uh, further, this India Middle East Europe Economic Corridor. Uh, so I think this is one point that should stand out. Uh, although other all other points are also very important, but this should have uh, this should be seen as something that uh, will have wider implication. And uh, as the INEEC be is being projected as something uh, which is uh, comparatively China's Belt and Road. Uh, you know, project. So I think this will have very uh, good global implications. So from that perspective, I think this visit of Mr. Modi to UAE and signing of this agreement will be remembered in the pages of history. Thanks very much for speaking to us. That was Dr. Asif Shuja, Director of Geopol Consult, uh, giving us his thoughts on how developments in the Middle East are panning out, including the recent visit of India Prime Minister to the UAE, uh, what that means for a broader geopolitical dynamics. Uh, 7.47 in the morning, we're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back uh, to discuss how we can better safeguard against property fraud. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.